Welcome to another episode of Records Revisit, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is a man who sometimes I've said he's a lost cause, and sometimes I've told him he's a loser, baby, but I would never want to kill him. Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben, homie. So for this episode, we have a special guest who is a referral from our recent guest striking matches. He just released a single on video for his song Joy, which I think we'll talk about here on the podcast. So please welcome Scott Mulvihill. What's up, guys? Hey, hey. Hey. So welcome. So premise of our podcast, fairly simple, but as we do at the beginning of each podcast, I ask the all-important question, what t-shirt are you wearing Wayne, I'm sure you've got a new one. So, what what T-shirt are you wearing? <laughs> uh, it's fairly new, but this is, uh, and I got it on Amazon. But it's for the 1991 uh, Neil Young and Crazy Horse tour. Oh, fantastic! All right, is it original? No, well, not on Amazon. No, I'm sure no. it's made in sweatshop in China. This isn't like an eBay find, a vintage '91, no. which is vintage now. I think 28 years is vintage. So I got a 92 Guns N' Roses shirt. And if, if a 91 Neil Young shirt would probably be in the same condition, it's bare. You can't wear it. Yeah. It's, it's, I got to find a case for it or something. Hermetically seal it. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Scott? What, uh, what t shirt are you wearing? Well, I'll have you know one that I wore this shirt when I was jogging today and I left it on. So I'd smelled terrible, but I was like, this is a, if we're going to talk about t-shirts, I'm going to leave this one on. Um, it is my 20 years of Victor Wooten's Vix camps t-shirts and, um, Victor Wooten, um, base legend, as you know, he has these amazing camps. And I actually went to one when I was like 16 years old. And then, um, last year I went out to the camp for the first time. Well, maybe not the first time. can't remember if I've, I think I've been there randomly once or twice since I moved to Nashville, but I was out at the camp to teach a little bit. And so, um, so when I was a teenager, I went and attended and then, um, Victor asked me to teach a little bit this last summer, just come by and, you know, um, hang with the kids and show them some upright bass stuff. So, so he gave me this shirt when I was there and, and, uh, yeah, but I, it's fun because like when I was there as a kid, I was thinking, man, it'd be so cool to come back here and teach a little bit later in life. And here we are. Full circle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm wearing a shirt that I've worn a few times. Uh, Wayne, I think I'm in danger of uh, eclipsing ships of sail, my ships of sail t-shirt. So uh, in honor of Prince who died four years ago at the time of our recording tonight. Um, I'm wearing my purple rain shirt. So, and I thought, you know what, if I didn't, if I'd have thought of that, I'd have worn my purple rain shirt. Yeah. So rest in power, Prince. And we're, we're preparing for a Prince episode, our first one. Oh, wow. It's, it's only taken us a hundred episodes, Wayne, to do our first (laughs) Prince episode. We just did a Beatles episode a week ago. I know that was like number 98. And that so. was the first Beatles episode. First one. Wow. I think people are scared to like pick a Beatles record because they know what's this goofy scoring crap that you guys are going to make me do. Like how, how, how can I score this? And I, I think we honored it. Didn't we honor Abbey road? Yeah. And like I say, the scoring is, it's much more of a, 
of ranking your favorites. I mean, we've done two Elvis Costello records, and I don't, I've never heard an Elvis Costello song that I don't absolutely love. So it's just a degree of favorite. Yeah, that's it. So, so Scott, how are you holding up with the uh, quarantine, pre-apocalypse, whatever we're calling this thing? <laughs> Apocalypse light. Um, man, honestly, it's been fine for me personally. And I, you know, say that it's kind of early yet, you know, we're what, five weeks in. Um, and I know there are a lot of people out there not doing so great. So sensitive to that, but but for me personally, it really hasn't been a uh, a bad change of pace because I've been on the road so much the last several years with my albums, but even before that, um, touring with other bands on the road pretty consistently the last eight years or so. So having a few months at home to just enjoy where I live and um, write a lot, create a lot, it's really not a bad thing. I've kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. I was supposed to see you last month in Winter Park, Florida. No way. Yeah. yeah. Dang. That was one of the, that was right as it was all happening. I had to make a decision because I think that show was the 14th of March, if I'm yeah. remembering right. And so we played the 10th and the 12th. And then I think it was the 11th was the day that the NF, uh, the NBA canceled. Um the start of the dominoes. Yeah. The dominoes were starting to fall. And so by the end of the 12th, we were like, maybe we shouldn't be here. And then it was just like, let's go home guys. We'll not worth the risk. So yeah. You get, you going to reschedule, come back down here. I I'm hoping so. I don't know if it'll be as simple as we're moving this show to this date, but hopefully we we can book again. I know I'd love to come to winter park, um, and safety Harbor too. I was going to play. Um, okay. And so, yeah, it's it's weird, man, cuz even the idea of rebooking, of course, I would love to and I think we will, but what's that going to look like? How many venues are going to be even open, yeah. Even open, but also the you know, the question of some parts of society opening and venues and shows opening is two different things. I don't think that type of gathering might take longer to to come back. So, plus all everybody's rescheduling. So, when it's open, it's it might be tough to get shows and I think we'll get them eventually. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not like, I'm not promising anything right now because of like, I'm like, no, yes, I, I would love to, but I have no idea what that's going to look like. Yeah. I think everybody's in the same boat of, we're not sure when this is going to start. I think everybody is now watching. You guys saw the news today that Georgia is already making plans to reopen like, uh, what Mark May 2nd or something like that. Yeah, I read something about that. Yeah, I think they have a phases. I, I didn't really read deeply about it. I did see a headline, so I'm a, I can't quite remember. Like, what was? Yeah, reopening what is the question? I guess like hair salons, restaurants for you know uh, more well, than just takeout. Was, yeah, dining yeah. restaurants was like the third thing. Like I, yeah, nail salons and hair and hair salons were first. Stuff wow. like that. And I, yeah. Super. Which I need a haircut. So this is getting ridiculous. I need to go to Georgia just to. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm a bald guy who shaves his head. So I'm, I'm good. You're I'm good. You're an early man. You were prepared for this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've got a couple of razors you guys can borrow if you need them. No, thank you. Okay. Yeah. 
if you have hair, you keep it. Okay. That's, that's, that's the, that's the trick. Um, I was going to tell you, so thank you for releasing the single joy. Cause I think it's just that it's, uh, a joy, a very positive message. I think we all need oh, to to, oh, to hear you. that r- right about now. Um, did that get song? Did that song get written before or, or after all of the frustrating all happenings? Or it was written actually. The seeds of that i of that song. I think the chorus lyrics I wrote. Gosh, quite, kind of a while ago now. I'm trying to think what year that would have been. Like maybe twenty. 13 or 14, even that far back. Oh, wow. um, but then I had considered writing it or recording it for my album Himalayas, which came out in 2018, but it was kind of a different version. And I had, so I, I, I just wasn't quite stoked on it at that point. And then I rewrote the verses and just kind of locked it in a lot tighter. The, the verses are totally different than they originally were. And so it was kind of it's just a lot better now. And so now I was like, okay, I still actually really like this song, which is rare by the way, to write something (laughs) quite a few years ago. And then, you know, later it's like, if I'm still feeling this, then I really need to record it because, um, if it's still bouncing around in my head, you know, five years later, six years later, it's okay. We should do it. Actually, uh, listen to Himalayas today on my morning walk. Oh, cool, cool. Um, and I don't know if now that I'm thinking about the tracks that I listened to, I don't know if Joy would have it doesn't fit, fit on that record. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's like and it's just a, kind of a different thing. There is a song on that record called Top of the Stairs that has yeah. maybe somewhat of a similar bounciness to it, but it's still like. It's just different. Like, I, I don't know the joy, joy one from a production standpoint. Um, I, I recorded it with John Fields, who's um, in Minneapolis, um, a fantastic pop producer and like pop and rock. And, and so he brought his sensibility to it. So that's, it, that's part of why it has such a poppy bouncy thing, which is, which is great. Like that's actually why I went to him with that song and a couple others that are forthcoming that it was like, I want, I want these to feel good and just kind of 
make you move and have some of the sparkliness. And, um, yeah. I think we did it, you know? And, and so, yeah, it's funny to think about that one on Himalayas cause it kind of wouldn't work. They're, they're two very different, not like alien to each other sounds, but it's like, it's kind of different sides of a coin. Yeah. Yeah. With the lyric about a joyful noise. So I, I saw some religious connotations for, um, some, some other songs on Himalayas. So, You've got a song called "The Lord Is Coming." You've you've yeah. you've you've got some some religious overtones. Is that uh, a theme we're going to see more in in some of your songs? You know, it's it's like for me, it's about openness and like an honest perspective. More about like a agenda of you know uh, promoting a one like religious thing or or faith but it is part of who i am so it's like i let it i let it out you know and 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 um i neither want to stifle it and not let it out and i don't want to like in a inauthentic way try to oversell it where it's like this is the only thing that i'm allowed to write about because i think some people get into that box too where it's like man if you can't and i i see this with you know people i've I think are really talented even, but, but like feel like they can't write a song about anything other than God or whatever, you know, it's just like, Whoa, you know, this is, this is expression. So it should express something real. And that's, I think that's where it comes in for me, where it's like, that is my viewpoint. And so, so I'm, I'm happy and like to express it, but I don't, I'm not trying to sell you on it as much as just let you in on it. Sure. Yeah, we just did an episode, Wayne, uh, on smoking popes, and uh, you, you, Scott, you, you at all familiar with the smoking popes? The smoking popes? No, I don't. I have, I'm totally ignorant. Enlighten me. So they're, uh, would you call them an emo band? Um, it's right in between power pop and uh, emo. So they had a couple hits. Uh, if you would call them hits in the, in the late nineties and then the, yeah, 10 years. And then the, the, the lead, the lead singer found, found God and decided he couldn't maintain the rock lifestyle. So he became a, a, essentially a, a worship director, music director. And I think at some point he realized that he could be both. And so right, right. they've, they've, they've done a couple records since he kind of decided, okay, yeah, I could do both, but you can still be true to yourself and still write songs that wouldn't be considered, you know, Sunday only type songs, <laughs> right. you know? Well, and you know, here's an interesting thing. And these are some, like, I have friends in, kind of across a spectrum of music and and some of the people in like like Christian music don't even fit the Sunday thing you know like so it's like it's like there are people that they're just writing songs and it's kind of like like their thing but it's not necessarily what you think of as religious music or Christian music or whatever and it's and so it's kind of like like man where do you put that like and I think I think the main thing is like people have to just be themselves, you know, and, and, and so that's, and that of course means like someone's going to have music that has like 
undertones and viewpoints that are totally opposed to mine. And that is great. You know, like that's, you know, we, we need it. And so, um, yeah, I just think it's about like, if there's a strict rule, then you might be like on the wrong train of thought because yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's funny and actually sad more than funny to me when, when it's like, Oh, I found God. And so I can't play music anymore. Like that's, that's insane to me actually. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, you you can, you can channel all that and, and put together a song that, um, is joy. Cause, Hey, cause, right. Cause I mean, the, 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 the hosts of this podcast are on different sides of the spectrum. So I'm a believer in Wayne. Well, he's, he's Wayne. Yeah. disbelief i need some more convincing that's all i'm saying yeah but but we can both agree that joy is a good song so absolutely yeah well you know and actually there's a few songs that like are kind of have that explicit lyric thing like the lord is coming but you know there's actually not that i'm trying to think if i have other songs that actually say the word god in it because joy does have that which which was kind of it's brief but it's like uh, change is God's department and I filed my complaints is the lyric, you know? And so it's like, yeah. it's sort of tongue in cheek. Like, yeah. Wayne and I both can agree on that lyric too. Right. Right? <laughs> well, it's like, <laughs> like, like I, yeah, I don't think you get to, it's hard to bring up God without the idea. It's like, okay, well, someone's holding all this thing together. Then, you know, uh, what about this, 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 and this, you know, exactly. um, there's, yeah. and, and I think that's fair, you know? And so it's like, um, yeah, so it's like that, that's a funny song cause it actually does reference it, but it's not all like, you know, hands in the air. It's like, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, it's more like, oh, what's going on here? You know, uh, can please explain. So man, we've gone completely off topic. <laughs> none, of, none of this stuff is on my, on my notes. Um, right. all right, let's talk so about that t-shirt. Yeah, let's go back to the T-shirt because I'm I'm assuming that that is uh, kind of the formation of you wanting to be an upright bassist because there aren't many that I would say that are out there that kind of do what you do, you know, kind of incorporating playing the upright bass with writing pop songs. So, right, what what prompted that? What what made you think? I could do this. I could, I could play bass and sing. Well, um, Vic, Victor Wooten was definitely one of those people, um, that taught me that the bass could be a solo instrument, you know, and, and he's mostly known for his electric bass playing. And, and I started as an electric bass player. So he was one of my early heroes and still is. And, um, and although he's a great upright player too, I mean, he'd probably tell you, He'd probably tell you that he's not great at upright, but don't believe him. He's great. Um, <laughs> he's, <laughs> um, he's great. Um, did, and, did he play? Did he play upright with Bella Fleck? Um, no. Like that's. Do you mean the Fleck tones? Bella Fleck and the Fleck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, no, uh, electric. So that was that was okay. It's a crazy fusion band, you know. So it's like Victor on um, electric bass and some fretless bass. Um, Man, I mean, I might be forgetting something. Like, it's possible he played upright on something, so I might be missing something. But generally speaking, electric bass and yeah, um, and 
and his brother, Future Man, on drums, but like this instrument that he invented, the like, I don't know what he calls it exactly, the drumatar or, uh, um, but like, oh, I don't even know guitar. about that. Oh, dude, it's awesome and it's crazy yeah? and it's it's interesting because it's like, it's such a sound and it's like a MIDI instrument that he built. And so it's got all these pads on it and he can like play dynamically. And so, and it really is one of the reasons Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones sounds like Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones is, is mm-hmm. the, is future man's drums and percussions. And so he'll have a kit. Like I saw, I actually got to see them in concert, um, November, I think in Memphis. And, uh, oh man, it was a dream come true. Cause they hadn't toured in quite a long time before this tour they were on and, um, and Howard Levy is, was on harmonica and, and keyboards and, um, and then of course, Bela and Victor and future man. And it was, it was mind blowing. Like it was, I was grinning the whole time because it's, it's amazing. And the tunes are incredible too. So the writing is like, it's instrumental, but just all the, all the compositions are, are so beautiful and great. And then, then there's a nostalgia factor for me too, where it's like, this is some of the music I encountered when I first started playing instruments like the bass. And so it was like, it was like, here's the CD. Here's what's possible. Holy, holy crap. It's cause it's, it's insane. So your bio says that you've shared the stage with a bunch of different artists. You were a part of Ricky Skaggs's band for, for how long? Uh, five and a half years. Wow. Yeah. So, so your solo stuff doesn't sound very country. So no, no, there's, um, I did take away a lot from Ricky's, years though those years with him um and you know more like the bluegrass acoustic music side of things um and just even even though the genre is different just having um an approach to arranging and like there's it definitely helped me shape how i think about music and so um man i mean the list of things i learned on that gig was was um is kind of endless and and it's really was more than a gig ricky's like family i love 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 that that man and um and you know in fact i I talked to him a little bit today on text and he's just like still a mentor and a friend it's great is he he still out doing it oh yeah well no one's out doing it right now well i know uh, (laughs) (laughs) aside from that um um yes yeah they they tour a lot Cause I only left in 2017 at the end of that year. And so, okay. so 2018 was like kind of my first year as a solo person full time. And why did you leave? Just felt like it was time to do your own thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I've always had that dream. And so that was, that was an eventuality, not a whim kind of thing, yeah. you know? And so, so, um, you know, even when I joined the band with Ricky, I was, I was kind of like thinking long-term, I know what is in me to do and that's my own music. And then, you know, uh, but of course, so, so grateful for that experience in those years of, of really learning from a real master. Like, and, and that's kind of how I saw it. Cause I was of course playing a gig, but it was, it was, um, it's kind of like grad school really. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you get connected with um, striking matches and Liz Longley? Oh man! Uh, so Sarah and Justin, I've known them. Gosh, I'm gonna say 2000. 
14, 15 is when I met them. I, I could be wrong, but I played with them a little bit. So um, they hired me on bass for some shows in Nashville and then some, I'm trying to think if we toured. I know we, we toured together when at some point I was opening for them um, and then playing with them a little bit. But um, But there were gigs where I was just like, bass guitar in their band, you know? And so that's where I met them. Liz, I met, do you know what Kayamo is? Have you heard of that? It's a crew. Oh, yeah. 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 So I met Liz on Kayamo and that would have been 2014, 2014. Okay. And, uh, and so I was there with Ricky Skaggs and Bruce Hornsby, actually, like they were doing, we were doing a show with both of them. And so, so show with Ricky and Bruce, we were there as, performers and so was Liz and uh man I just heard her play a show there on the boat and um I was just blown away and so I got to know her and her friend um she was there with and like um just got to hang a little bit and then so we've been friends since then so you you know you see people she lives in Nashville as well as do striking matches so yeah um again not running into anybody right now but when uh, the social scene is up and running, you run into them, and, and it's great. And me, me and Liz toured a little bit together um, in October last year. It was super fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we had her on. See, originally your name got brought up by Liz. Oh, cool. As as a referral, and then she's like, right. "No, I'll introduce you to to Sarah and Justin." Yeah. So we're like, oh, "Okay." Um. So it was it was like kismet that yeah. you were. I'm like you know, in the you, air. I'm like. You can't escape. I'm unavoidable. No, no. Uh, did did Sarah and Justin tell you what record they chose? No, what they choose? So they they chose the self titled Nickel Creek album Ooh. from like what was that two thousand one? Wow. wow, wow, wow. Do you know that one at all? You know, um, I mean, I've heard it, but I I wouldn't be able to say I'm like a deep on Nickel Creek, and that's probably that day will come. Like, and I love them. Like, so when I when I hear Nickel Creek songs, I'm like, this is the most incredible stuff. But I just, I didn't come a- across it until like l- a little later, maybe soon after I moved to Nashville. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, but, but they're insane and so incredible. And, and I mean, all three of them are like pretty rare talent. So you put all that together and it's um, amazing. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. S- it's stunning. All right. Well, one actually, one quote. of my favorite bass players, Byron House, played on a lot of that stuff. So, um, oh, okay. Byron is the reason I got uh, into Ricky's band. He recommended me for that, and so, so one of the when I met Byron in Nashville, it was like, you know, man, this guy's played on all the Nickel Creek records and Dixie Chicks and Robert Plant Band of Joy, and you know, like, like I was like, you know, it's definitely. So I'm, I'm like, I'm more like familiar than I am deep on that. I don't really, yeah. 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 All right. So one last question on your Himalayas record. So what is a sweet Simpson? Am I saying this right? Simpsonia? Simpsonia. Yeah. So that song, um, it's funny. Uh, I get that question from time to time. Like, what is that about? What? Is, and, and it's the name of a town in Kentucky. And this is, um, where, um, this, my girlfriend for, of the, at the time, um, was, from there. And so I wrote the song kind of about her and about the town um, that she was from. And I just thought the name of it was so beautiful and so like musical, you know, Simsonia. And so I had to write a song about it. 
All right. Easy enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and actually, uh, like, I still love to sing that song. And, and um, the the writing of it was fun because I kind of, I was describing the person and the place at the same time. And I think that's why, I don't know. It's just, to me, it works. I, I just kind of in, um, enjoyed writing it on that, like, how can I give the feeling of a place in a person? It's great. So this is where we transition from interview questions to let's dive into the record. But we we ask all of our guests, Toto's Africa, good or bad song? Great song. What? Okay. Does someone, do people say bad? Um, I, yeah. I'm not a, I don't say it's a bad song. I say I don't like it. I don't, I don't think it's. Is it like an overplayed problem? Um, I just, it's uh, glossy and soulless. I think are the words that come to mind. Well, do you, do you know what I just got in the mail today, Wayne? Guys, I'm going to have to go. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't have to go because I'm about to tell you something that, 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 that's great. So I added to the record collection. Uh, I, I got the debut record from T- Toto and also T- Toto 4. Finally, finally, I'm adding those to the vinyl collection. Ooh. So, Ooh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, what about In Your Eyes? Peter Gabriel. Uh, great song. Yeah, that's that's a classic. So you like that song, but you don't like Africa? I know they're not the same, but no, they're kind of like the same. Uh, they kind of have yeah. a one is now nah, one once again, it's not similar tempo. Peter and Gabriel feel. wrote that for a specific girl. I mean, those were feelings that he actually had. That other those guys didn't go to Africa. They don't know what Africa looks like. They don't have any <laughs> desire to to smell the rains down. Those in guys Africa. hate hate Africa. Yeah. Ironically enough, Wayne, uh, Toto wrote a song about that same girl. I know. That's yes. There you go. Yeah. Whoa. Rosanna. No. Yeah, oh, Rosanna. Yeah. Wow. So, man, I just Africa's great. I mean, maybe it's just in the classic pantheon to me where I'm like, I don't question it enough. Maybe that's it. Yeah. We've been asking this question for what about a year? Almost a year. And uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're about ready to retire it. Um, <laughs> but we, we can't figure a good transition question to replace it. Like we, we threw out to a couple people. Well, do you know Brian Dunn? I don't. So Brian, Brian recommended that we ask people's feelings about Billy Joel because uh, it's usually, it's polarizing. a divisive 
it's a yeah. it's a divisive topic. Has anyone just said I don't know the song Africa by Toto? <laughs> I wish that would make me so happy. Mm, no, no, nobody has said that. Nobody yeah. has said that. Everybody knows that song. Yeah, like, it's pretty un- inescapable. Yeah, yeah. So, what what should we replace it with? Okay, you know what else comes to mind that's in the similar league of like very impressive and amazing, but maybe soulless. Is Don't say than, Phil Collins. No, I was going to say more than a feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I I mean, I say that with respect, honestly, because you hear that and you're like, holy hell, this is amazing. But it's like, I know teenage me loved more than a feeling. But now if I heard it, I might be like, eh. yeah. I, and I agree. All of Boston is like, all the whole album is like that. Like, I remember yeah. just every song on that just loving every song on that record. And now I'm like, eh, I don't, I was young. I didn't know any better. Well, and they're great. Like there's no, you listen to that and you're like, they are undoubtedly great, but, but it, that's a different question from like, do you like it? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. All right. Good enough. All right. So, so, so tell our listeners what, what record you chose for this episode. I chose Beck Sea Change. Okay. So what were some other records that you might have thought about? Well, you know what I talk I talk about Paul Simon Graceland a lot because that's probably my favorite record of all time. Yeah. And so but I was kind of like I've I've talked about that a bit cuz I've even done tribute shows where we cover the whole thing and so oh. I was like, man, I I'll take the opportunity to pick something else that I really love and um and influenced me. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Um, so Jeff Buckley, little... Jeff Buckley could have been on there. Yeah. Um, um, but go, but go. Yeah. Hit me. I, I was just going to provide a little bio info. So I didn't realize this, this, this was his eighth studio record. Yeah. I did not. I was surprised to see that. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it was released in, on September 24th, 2002. Um, definitely a departure from some of his other, works prior to that uh peaked at number eight on the billboard 200 and uh there were a couple singles we'll talk about that and i kind of threw this out to the, the the social medias since i you know i i i tell people what i'm spinning not not everything but you know a couple couple things a day and i ask people you know is this your favorite beck record and most of them were like Mm, no. Uh, in fact, uh, our friend John Lamoro Wayne, um, commented um, with multiple Zs uh, on his response, <laughs> which I, I get. I mean, this I get is it. It's this, a mood. It's a mood. It is definitely a mood piece. Yeah. Like, if you're if not you're in that get, mood, I get it. Yeah. Right. Right. Because uh, then I go to Spotify. So I'm like, I wonder what is the most listened to song on this record? And, and it's definitely lost cause, which was one of the singles. Um, here, here's the difference though, in, I think where most people land in the Beck, uh, the Beck category. So 180 million listens for loser of course mm-hmm. dream is next at 50 million. And then lost cause 14 million. I mean, still nothing to, you know, just to sneeze about, but right. Right. Well, and you're talking about a song that was released far before Spotify, you know? So it's like, 
Yeah. It's like, these are, you know, it's amazing. Something like loser. You think about a hundred million spins on something that is effectively old, you know? And, and like, so it's like, it's, it's like still that popular, you know? So even 14 yeah. million spins, I mean, I would, I would be very happy to have 14 million spins of anything. It's a lot Absolutely. regardless. It's a, gr- it's a lot no matter what, but it's a lot, especially for a song that was released and then, and then put on Spotify later, you know, once Spotify was a thing. Yeah. And I, I would say just based off of the Spotify listens and, you know, I still hear occasionally loser on rock station mm-hmm. or the alternative station. I would say that more people are drawn to the upbeat Beck and not the sad and breakup Beck. Right. Which this album is all Can't about. Can't imagine right? why. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that doesn't all, that's not just for Beck. That's pretty much anybody. Break up anybody. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like some breakup records. No, no. I, and I, um, I just mean as, as your favorite from anybody. I mean, unless it's somebody yeah. like, you know, Morrissey who's sad all the time. I mean, you don't, you <laughs> That's not going to be your favorite. Did you guys know? Did you guys know that Pete Yorn is drawing Barney on his Instagram like every day? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just wanted to drop that there. Okay, I'm, I'm like uh, this ties into Beck How? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> Random. That's the great part. It doesn't. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, all I'm right. Thinking of you know the era and the yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw this out before we, before we start. So I've never been a huge Beck fan. I don't hate him. It's just been one of those artists where I'm like, eh, they're okay. I've never owned a Beck record. Um, I'm pretty sure I've, n- I have never illegally downloaded any Beck back in the Napster days either. Guilty of all of these. Things. You wouldn't even steal Beck's music. I wouldn't even steal Beck's music. Again, not that I hate him. It's just not, it's just, just not, it's not my guy. Yeah. And, and Wayne, I think you, you have done all, done those, all things. those things. I, uh, I bought Gu- uh, Guero or whatever, um, which is the record, I believe after this. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Odelay is a classic. I mean, yeah. I, I I like Beck, but this Beck is, like I say, like I was saying earlier, I don't know that I would listen to this record a lot because it's it's extremely personal. Like he's he's going through something and and whether the, the decision, because I had read that he had had these songs and he wasn't going to record them. And then he decided, well, everybody breaks up. So maybe there's a uh, some sort of a universal appeal. And then he did it. But you can hear it mm-hmm. in the songs that. He's going, I mean, he didn't sequence it exactly along the lines, but this is, he's going through the the stages of grief. You can, you can hear them in each song. And like I was saying also is like, I, I love Guero. I don't know what that record, if that record would have even happened or what it would have looked like if he hadn't have been able to get this out. Yeah. Yeah. But it is uncomfortable at times. (laughs) Uh, which which parts? I'm just curious. Well, I just mean some of the the I mean the lyrics and the and the, you can just this very this guy's very sad. He's heartbroken. This was a long relationship and it didn't sound like it ended. Like he found out she was cheating on him. That's just never a place you want to be. And he's a great songwriter and he put it down. Some of them I think could have 
stood some more work because I think he made this very quick. But mm. like hearing, just hearing somebody that you do admire and do enjoy listening to two turntables and a microphone, he's now. This is not the same. This is not the same back. He's been, he's, I always, he's been I always even think of him as twisted though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's never like, to me, there's not really an upbeat back because it's like, I'm a loser. Why don't you kill me? You know, like, it's like the beat is fun, but it, you know, it, it's like, he's uh, like, you know, that song, go it alone. That's one of my favorite back songs too. No, 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 no. I'm going to go it alone, you know? Um, and it's like, and it, it's just like, go it alone. I'm a loser. Kill me. You know, like, like, I, like, I don't know. It's kind of. Black tambourine. Never- yeah. I, 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 I agree. Like he, he's putting a smiley face on something. It's one of those, those contrasts where it does, it sounds great. And yeah. you can, you're moving around and you don't even realize that, that he wants you to kill him. Calm down. <laughs> Maybe it's not as happy as it sounds. But this right. guy, uh-huh. this guy is sounds as, as, as defeated as he, and depressed as he, as he yeah. actually is this time. Yeah. <laughs> He's well, and that, it, I think that's part of why it's powerful. It's like, it hides nothing. And, and, um, and there's, there's so much on Like there's so much that I honestly don't necessarily, like if I was going to dig into the lyric and analyze it a, at a, literal level yes i could like do that but there's so much about this album to me that's just evocative too where it's like like uh there's literal of course but like there's there's just like i I don't i don't know there's like little bits of lyric that stay with me rather than than like i'm when i'm hearing it i'm thinking about the overarching story even though i know it's there it's but it's just like and I, I agree because I think one of the things that this did highlight for me is that he's much, much more of a songwriter than you, than he may get credit for because he's got a lot of layered sounds and there's a lot of, you know, program stuff on top of each other. But I, you're right, because in some of these lyrics, some of them are very like uh, they're just they're unbelievable. They're as good as anything that anybody's ever written. That's so good. I mean, yeah. In fact, it's cool that you guys sent me the whole lyrics of the record because that's like, that's a nice way to, you know, revisit it and actually read it. Yeah. We, I started doing that a couple months ago after we had one guest who we kept, Wayne and I kept throwing out, oh, this is such a great lyric. And they were like, Oh yeah, that's nice. <laughs> You're like, like you could tell that they hadn't. They don't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, they hadn't dived in like we did. So yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just do an extra little extra step of production, pre-production. And, yeah. You know, here you go. What's well, that? So, guess I'm doing fine. Like it's only lies that I'm living. <laughs> it's only tears that I'm crying. It's only you that I'm losing. Guess I'm doing fine. It's like, oof. Yeah. That knife twist. It's like. Oh man, it's, yeah. it's just as simple as could be, but it's like, wow, yeah, um, man. I'm, should I'm, we dive? I'm should we dive in track by track? I'm just like, yeah. I'm like going through. I'm like, oh yeah, because I because I sent that in, and then, um, like, and I I listened to this record a ton when I was when I found it, you know. But that was some years ago now, so I'm kind of like you might be more familiar with it right now, but I'm, I'm reading these and it's like, Oh yeah, that's such a great one. In fact, one of the, 
one of the lyrics I loved the most, and this is again, I don't really know what this one means, um, but is in, uh, um, let's see, which song is do, do do we need to go track by track and then we'll talk yeah, about it? That's a, all right. Let's let's do that. Let's jump let's jump into it. We'll start we'll start chat, chatting about the lyrics for each of these. So as a reminder, our scoring is going to be based on number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? Twelve. Which means top song is going to get twelve points. Next favorite eleven points on down to lowest score of one. So let's kick it off. First first track on the record. This is the golden age. the fact that it opens with an acoustic guitar and a little slide guitar so you think wait this is beck right oh man what did he just do this is right what inspired my shirt because this has a very neil young sound that and i know a lot of it's the steel guitar but uh even this whole idea like i'm beck and i make this layered you know hip-hop very you know cool stuff and then i'm gonna but i you know what i just broke up with my girlfriend from a long time i'm gonna make this loosely themed concept record where i tell all i mean that's completely different from anything i've ever done it just made me think it just felt like something that neil young would do and this song particularly sounded like something very neil young like and i know a lot of it's the steel guitar in it because it had a very out for the week out on the weekend feel Mm. And this the, driving uh, well, through and, the desert kind of, I'm just. In the production of this album, like it is those steel guitar acoustic elements, but then there's this whole otherworldly orchestration thing going on. And that's, um, I know Nigel, Nigel Godric produced this album. And so I don't know yeah. what all is just him and a, like, did they write all these parts out and have an orchestra there? Like, it sounds real to me. It sounds recorded, you know? So it like, or was it like some, combination of like i don't know how these things happen sometimes you know so like did beck just record these songs and then nigel takes them and adds these like weird elements or were they in the, i like i i don't know who did what you know and um but there's um there's this whole it it, it starts that simple way and then becomes something totally different between like the I think by the time, even by the time you're in the second song, Paper Tiger, there's like this, um, there's this like quiet, it's like small, but, but beat, you know, small beat, but it's like, it's driving enough to where there's like a feel more than just a guitar strumming, you know? And then, uh, bass lines, Justin Meldel Johnson's on, on this stuff. And, um, one of the great electric bass players and, and, um, 
super cool bass lines on that song. So that that's like the grooviest one, Paper Tiger, um, that has maybe the most like other Beck music. Um, but I think on this, the ending of this song, you know, where you've got the distortion, the funky noises, and I think at the end of this song, I'm reminded, oh yeah, I am listening to Beck. Yeah. Like this isn't, this isn't, you know, this isn't Elliot, an Elliot Smith record, right. even though it, it kind of sounds like Elliot Smith to begin with. Um, no, this is Beck. So, Man. and I had to look up, I had to look up golden age. So you guys know kind of some of the definitions of golden age, like outside, outside of this song, you mean? Yeah. So, um, couple, couple definitions. I'm just kind of melding them into, to one where it's, it's a time or a period when great tasks are accomplished. And so it originated from early Greek and Roman poets who used to refer to a time when um, man lived in more of a pure and better time. So, and I think that he's thinking that, I don't know, is he, is he living in the golden age now or is he, is he lamenting that the golden age is past? Yeah. And I'm not sure because the lines that stuck out in the song to me were the, uh, and the sun don't shine, even when it's day, you got to drive all night just to feel like you're okay. Like, I think that he, at this point, the first song, knowing what, what inspired it, I would say he, at this point believes that the golden age was just happening. And when you think of, you know, Odelay and Mellow Gold and all that stuff that he had done. He just Midnight Vultures was the one, the album right before this, and that's another one of my favorites. Uh, so I think he, at this point, he's thinking that the Golden Age just, just, just escaped his grasp. And because this has some great imagery, just driving off into the desert with the wind in his hair, just trying to, like it's even it, the sun doesn't shine even when it's day. Like that, <laughs> who hasn't been there? Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, and it, it's again, it's not super obvious. Like, hmm. is it ironic? Like, is it you know the golden age is it's not that at all, you know? And it's I think, and maybe that's why it's powerful. But you know, you get the feeling, you get the mood. Like, I don't even try is the chorus, you know? <laughs> like, I, I barely get by. I don't even try, and um. But it doesn't tell you what every single thing means, and that's kind of that's. I think that's how you get the the heaviness of the mood without saying I'm sad. She broke up with me. You know, like it's. You, I mean, dude, that next song. Yeah, let's let's get some scores, and then we'll talk about the next song. How's that, uh, Wayne? Your score? Uh, Eleven. This is my second favorite song. The Golden right. Age. Yeah. 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 And Scott. I think mine was high, right? I think 10. Yeah. And this was my five. So next song is Paper Tiger. Scott, go. 
this keep is talking favorite. about it. this is my favorite because because uh i think part of it is the musicality of it it's like the the bass the orchestration like the strings and stuff so cool on this one they're they're like coming in and out in uh, almost feeling random but obviously orchestrated but just very interestingly and um and then you know and even the way he's singing on this whole album it's like you could miss words the way he's saying it you know it's like it's not super clear um but i think that it kind of serves it you know it's kind of it's almost mumbled not quite but it's you know um but man like look at these lyrics at the end of the first verse uh, no more ashes to ashes, no more cinder from the sky. Let all laws, let all the laws of creation tell a dead man how to die. Like you tell me what that means. Like, like you can't exactly know, but it definitely puts you in the place. You know, it's like, that's just, it's like sort of that stream of consciousness meets. Here's just my, like my dead heart on a table for you to look at. Like, right. and, and, um, you may not know what it means, but you, you know how it feels, yeah, you, you yeah. know how it feels yeah. and you go, things aren't good right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. This can't be good. I, <laughs> I don't no. know what, I don't know what it is, but it can't be good. Yeah. Right. Um, no, it's, uh, I mean, it, and like a paper tiger is just an interesting like image, you know, and it, it, that's a, I guess a phrase people, you know, you describe something as a paper tiger, but it's not like a common phrase that I use, would I use every day? Like probably, right. you know? And so it's like, like a paper tiger. Like, it's like this, what, what you had is not even real. It was like this, like, yeah, it looks tough and ferocious, but it, yeah. Harmless. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the definition of it. It's a person or thing that appears threatening, but is actually ineffectual. All right. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's just going to give you, the connotation of that is just it puts you there already, and like something like Paper Tiger as a songwriter, I'm kind of like that's there's there's so much colorful stuff in all these songs, paired with really simpler things, you, you know, like um, I, like I'm looking at all these choruses as I'm scrolling through these lyrics, and there's they're all so simple, but they're just um kind of. I and I love this. Like this is part of why I love Paul Simon too, because there are all these, there are these weird words that's like when you really read them, it's like it's hard to imagine yourself writing it because it's like that, that's not a word you would use. Like what is that? Like what? But it's but that's part of why it has color and interest. Like in the chorus of this, deserts oh, deserts down below us, storms up above, like a stray dog gone defective, like a paper tiger in the sun, like. Like what is that third line? Like what is that? What is a stray dog when it's when it's working? I know. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, it's just that interesting. Like you know, I don't know. Like was that just what he put down in his journal? And it's like I I, I tend to edit songs a lot, you know. So I'm like, man, I'd probably edit out that word, but that's not necessarily the right choice to make because it's like just so weird and defective still has a common connotation even if even if that line doesn't like make a lot of sense and maybe beck if he was sitting here he'd be like well of course it means this you know and I, like i don't know maybe it means something very literal to him but uh no he probably uh, threw it in there because he's like you know 18 years from now three guys are going to sit around and talk about this lyric and 
They're going to go, what in the world are you talking about? When so. you just grab some of the words randomly, I mean, then you're looking at defective, ruins, capsize. I mean, there's yeah. lots of words yeah. in here that- Think about connotation, you know? Those words, when you see those, you hear those words, even if you don't hear everything around them, those words stand out Yeah. to, to set the mood, paint the picture. That's That's the thing. It's mood. It's like connotation. All those words- you can just list them and you're like, okay, I kind of know the feeling, right? And uh, and so. But he summed it up. Yeah. I mean, that bridge, we're just end. holding on. To, at, the very end, it's, at the very end, he sums it all up with, there's one road to mourning, there's one road to ru- truth, there's one road back to civilization, there is no road back to you. I know, man, it's brutal. It's going to be a long road. I had that verse highlighted as well. So oh, good. It's so good. And that bridge, dude, we're holding on to nothing to see how long nothing lasts. Like, God, come on. <laughs> the, um, the, what do you guys think about the, the jazzy ending? Cause he does that on quite a few different songs. We'll, we'll talk about them as we, jazzy. as we, what would you I, describe as jazz? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I probably shouldn't even say that with a guy who plays an upright bass, right? <laughs> There's nothing I will this is just my understanding of jazzy and but nothing on this record I would describe as jazzy like remotely. Like but do you mean it like like kind of like a flare. A flare a little flare, flare at the end. Can I listen to this the end of this song really quick? Is that okay? Like it's probably gonna yeah, get go. into the mic, but is that a problem or yeah, nope, go out? for it. Back to you. Uh See, that's what I'm talking about. That orchestration's awesome. The, yeah. The, it dissolves. You know, it's like the strings come in. You know, I and and listening to those strings. And the very end where you've got like the I'm little sim the, the symbol the symbol crash as well, which is, yeah. which I always kind of equate with. Uh, you know, more of a '50s uh, nightclub type of type <laughs> of uh, atmosphere. So, the Cotton Club. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I, I don't know about that, but <laughs> oh, so good. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like those strings like swell in and then out in the bass. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of like fizzles at the end. Um, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I, can't, I can't call it jazzy only because like every, so many, so much music has a symbol in it. It's like, is a piano jazzy? <laughs> Not by itself, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if it was like, I'd be like, oh, okay, weird, but I'm glad they didn't go jazzy. No, anyway. Right. On. Right. All right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get some scores. So Scott, your score. That was my 12. That was my number, my top song. That was top, top scoring song. song. Yep. Wayne. And I gave it a six, but, and it's, it starts kind of out of flow, but really gets going. Like I, by the end of this or probably, you know, more towards the middle of it, I really start to enjoy it. But I do agree that like you had mentioned, the vocals are like almost mumbled or, or, or muffled. They're like far back. Uh, But this is the one thing, this is the one song that had a lot of, had, several elements that you would associate with a, I'm making air quotes, conventional Beck track. And I, and I guess in a way I thought like it didn't fit, like even though I thought he was really sad and it's painful to listen to sometimes 
this one seemed almost out of place. And like there was a song called Ships in a Bottle or Ship in a Bottle, which I thought might have fit better. He could have maybe made some changes. But this well, this is one of the songs where I thought it started kind of it got off to a rough start, but then really picked up steam. Interesting. Interesting. You know, it's so funny, like the idea of even like I like I I guess obviously there's music I like and music I don't more than others, but it's like, I'm so, I guess I'm so used to like trying to take in a song on its own, on its terms, like where I'm like to like, to say it got a rocky start. It just doesn't even make sense to me. No offense. Like I, I just, I kind of like, I'm just kind of like, uh, what does that mean? You know, like it's it just like starts like. Man, you can tell who the musician art. is here and who, who the just music fans are. Right. I guess uh, what I'm saying is compared towards the way it gets going, where it's yeah. it's got a really solid kind of groove. Like in the beginning, it just doesn't it just doesn't flow out of his I mean out of his mouth and uh, and and the music together. It doesn't. It just kind of it's just felt kind of wonky. But it it huh. it's almost like it got it just took it a few seconds or you know uh, uh, thirty seconds or so and got it got itself into its its own groove and then it. And all the layers kind of come together and it starts going right. along more right. smoothly. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm seeking to understand. That's all. <laughs> I haven't even given you my score on this one. So this is what my is seven. It? This is yeah. my seven. Yeah. All, right. All, right. all right. All right. All right. Next song is Guess I'm Doing Fine. Does anyone else get snarky with you guys on these interviews? Oh, all the time. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Most people hate our scoring. <laughs> I've had to defend the scoring a lot lately. I don't know why, but I, I we, we wanted to do something that was a little bit different because yeah. there's a lot of podcasts out there that go, that do an, a whole album. And I really think that the trying to pick what your favorites are and what your least favorites are really causes us and the guest to really dive into the record totally. that we're talking about. No, I, I get it. Yeah. It's, I think it's cool. It's, it's, it's a different way of thinking about music. Like, yeah. you know, uh, which it's not like I'm going to take every record and be like, Hmm, what's my, if I were to rank these in order of how much I like, you know, but, um, but it's, it's definitely a conversation starter and it. Yeah. And so. that's, yeah, that's definitely the case. Uh, did you guys realize Guess I'm Doing Fine was a single? No, I did not know that. No. I don't I didn't see any chart position info, so that probably meant that it 
didn't do real well. Um, there's also a song from Dylan called Guess I'm Doing Fine. Came out on an album about 10 years ago that was actually a demo from the 60s. I wonder yeah. if Beck had any access to that demo uh, that the rest of us didn't, or if that's just a, I was going to say a happy coincidence, but this isn't really a happy song. So it's pretty um, common words. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. read too much into it. No, I, I'm not either. Sounds a lot like the first song, or is it just me? No, I, that's in my notes. It has, it has some similarities. My favorite part of the, the best lines I think are the press my face up against the window to see how warm it is inside. There's so like outside looking in, like he completely captures the, on the outside looking in just like that. But I also love the line about yellow roses in the graveyard because yellow roses symbolize friendship and this friendship is over. It's in the graveyard. Mm. I thought that was a great little, uh, much a little more subtle than, but that line about the face pressed up against the glass, I was just like, wow, he's, he's killing me. Yeah. So, you, you know, the imagery that I get from that. So I remember as a kid uh, looking into my mom's, you know, my mom's oven where she would be making, you know, pie or cookies. And you're just oh, looking in that glass. The stores they used to have in the mall, like all the puppies were or that. Didn't have. Yeah. 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 Mm. See all the pretty puppies? You can't have one, kid. You can't have one. You know what just came to my mind? was the pet store at the mall and how it smelled like ferrets. (laughs) How appropriate. (laughs) All those ferrets, but you can't have one. I know you want to be a ferret owner. I feel like that is a specific group of people. Um, Should should we encourage Scott to write a song, something about ferrets now? (laughs) Smells like ferrets in here. Smells like ferrets. Ferret <laughs> owner. Um, proud ferret owner. Uh, oh, there you go. Like when, man, when you, when your pet of choice is ferrets, that's a, you know, I, I'm not saying anything about that necessarily, but it's, it brings to mind a, a select type group. of person, or, I guess, you know, no offense to you ferret lovers out there. Ferret lover ratings are going to plummet after this. <laughs> <laughs> Just ruined that di- demographic yeah. for it. Thanks oh, a lot, damn. Scott. Uh, all right. Anything else on this before we grab some scores? No, that that chorus is Great brutal. Chorus. Yeah, that's, so that's, that says get me a box of tissue. It's going to be a long ride. Yeah. Yeah. All right, this is my 10. Wayne? Seven. Scott? Mine was seven also. Yes. All right, next song is Lonesome Tears.
what strings are being played throughout this song? What strings? Can, yeah, can you decipher? Um, like on the guitar or on the or sorry. Uh, I think he means the orchestra type. The the orchestral. Or the orchestra. I don't know. I I like it. I think it's your normal stuff, cellos, violins. Okay. You know. Okay. It's, it's some kind of thing. Do you guys get a with the ending? Do you think that Beck was trying to go for like a Beatlesque day in the life ending? There was a couple of times I I got a Beatly feeling. This one also, in some points, has a very uh, Pink Floyd comfortably. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. My my last comment. Ni- Ni- Nigel is British, so yeah. that might be a. There's a couple things on here that have. Um, that Sunday Sun kind of has a Beatlesy thing to it. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, this one, this is one of the lyrics that always stuck out to me so much was that chorus. How could this love ever turning, never turn its eye on me? How could this love ever changing, never change the way I feel? Like, I don't know exactly what that means either, but it's just brutal. Like, it's like, to me, that's where I'm like, is that about God or is that, you know, like, that's kind of where I'm like, it feels bigger than a relationship. You know, how could this love ever turning, never turn its eye on me? It's like, it's just feeling like absolutely worthless and dead. And and I don't know how you would express it that much better. Like where it's just like, like, why, why don't I have that? You know, I'm, I mean, man, it, that's, that one always. Yeah. So, so I've, since I have the benefit of looking at everybody's scores, um, in advance. So my comment for Wayne, knowing what your score is, is did you score this lower? Because this is, this is a song that I bet Coldplay wish that they would have written. <laughs> they wish, uh, no, it, it, it was one of those things where I thought it got the, the, the strings in the beginning kind of got heavy handed and, uh, it it got lumped into the. I mean, once you're when you're ranking things based on your favorites, towards the middle it gets it gets hard to decide. Yeah. And it okay got towards the bottom of the middle. Uh, did did the length of the score affect your guys's um, length of the song? Is this the one that's over five minutes or close to five? Yeah, minutes? this is like five thirty eight or something like that. I think. Yeah. yeah. This is a slow burn record, and and honestly, the songs are pretty similar. Like you were saying with golden age and guess I'm doing fine. Like there's a lot of the same textures and they're very cool. Like I think the string arrangements make it um, a little larger than life where it's not, that keeps it from being boring to me. But, um, and I don't know if it would be boring anyway, because the songs are amazing. Like, you know, so I feel like I could listen to these anyway, but, but they help it be like kind of cinematic and, 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 it just pull out some of the emotion. And so, but, but the thing is a lot of these are similar. So like they feel they're all in this mood. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. That's why ranking them was kind of hard where it's like, they're kind of all one song in a way. I don't know. A little bit. Except yeah. A few exceptions. Yeah. All right. Uh, Wayne, what's your score? A four. Scott. Oh. And Scott. Oh. Ouch. <laughs> oh. Oh, my heart. Uh, nine. All right. And this is my eight. All right. Next song, Lost Cause. Mm-hmm. You ain't never been before. 
was a single again i couldn't find any chart information but they did make a couple videos for it um and yeah i think people know this i mean 14 million listens on spotify tell me that people know this song and this definitely fits in the i'm a loser baby category just in a different feel to that right i suppose like, do you mean theme theme wise? Theme wise, yeah. I feel like she's the loser. I she's mean. the loser. Yeah, baby, you're a lost cause. Like, yeah, it's less self depressed, and but it's like, oh, it's kind of that, that tired of fighting. I'm tired of fighting for a lost cause. That's kind of the theme of it to me. What were you saying, Wayne? Well, just the bridge. There's a place where you're where you are going. You ain't never been before. No one left to watch your back now. No one's standing at your door. That's what you thought love was for. Mm. Like I'm out. Drop yep. the mic. Yep. You're on your own, baby. So why don't you kill me? <laughs> <laughs> you can try. <laughs> Anything from a from a tempo? I mean, I think going back to what you were saying, we're now five songs into this, and I think we've got kind of our tone and feel to the songs established at this point. Yeah, but look at all these choruses. I mean, maybe Lonesome Tears is like one of the more complex choruses, but like a lot of these, baby, you're lost, baby, you're lost, baby, you're a lost cause. You know, I mean, these, I I love how like, they're just so simple, um, but so um, they say it all though too. You know, they're, I don't know. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. All right. This is my top song, Wayne. Yeah. Is also my top song. And like I say, a lot of it, the lyrics aren't complex in a lot of this, but this time the the music, he has a couple of odd sound effect type stuff, but this is two acoustic guitars and a microphone. <laughs> All right, Scott, what's your, what's your score? I see what you did. Uh, this is 11. Yeah. All right. 11 for me. All right. Uh, next song. Way up there. Next song is end of the day. Get us started on this one. 
the bitterness starts to creep in a little bit. Um, and if, but it, like I say, once again, it fits in nicely. It, it, I think there's some steel guitar in this that kind of throws back to golden age and uh, guess I'm doing fine. So, but the healing is beginning, like I say, at the end of the day, this is the end of the romance. It came too soon. I love the prison dog thing too. That just, that's mm-hmm. a great visual, visceral kind of like they're setting, they're sending dogs after you like the prison dogs they set out after you you owe nothing to the past but wasted time to serve a sentence that was only in your mind in your mind yeah Yeah, it's it's great it's great this was one that i i had to come back to a a few times because i couldn't decide if i liked it or if it because sometimes it felt to me as though it was unfinished. And then other times I felt like maybe, maybe he tinkered with it too much. I don't know if that even makes sense. No, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, I wrote, I rated this one relatively low, but that's not to say I don't like it. It's just more like, it didn't it didn't stick with me the same way some of the other songs did for all time you know where it's like it's there's some and i think that's why lonesome tears is pretty high on mine where it's like and paper tiger was really high like it's just the which ones like stayed in my mind and this wasn't one of them for me but it's yeah you mean it's all in your mind <laughs> oh wait that's next sorry all right, let's let's get some scores first on this one. Uh, Wayne? I give it an eight. This is one of the ones that grew on me. Okay. Scott? Cool. I give it a four. All right, this is my three. And It's All in Your Mind is next. I want it to be definitely say this suffered in my scoring because I felt I've already heard the song two or three times on the record. Yeah. I didn't feel like it covered any extra ground lyrically or musically. Um, you know, I, I can always go back to a few great lyrics to each of these songs and this one. Um, I mean, I like the, you got a devil up your sleeve and he's talking to me. That's the one I referenced to, but that's, (laughs) But that's about it. I just didn't feel like there was a whole lot of ground covered on this one, so um, that's why I'm just throwing this out. This is my this was my lowest score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it's similar as to 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 me similar to end of the day, kind of like yeah, not incredibly memorable to me, but um, you know, that's why I gave it a five. Yeah, and Wayne. And I also gave it a five, and I, I wrote down the same things you did. And, and I mean, I think some of these 
some of these songs, because I, I had read somewhere that he wrote them, you know, really, really fast, trying to get it, you know, get it out and wasn't going to make a record and then decided to make a record. And I think some of them could have used, like if they'd have sat a little longer, or you had a little more time with them, might have developed into something else. Mm-hmm. Or, In your opinions, a song like that, do you put it on the record or do you just, you just, you know. Well, then the hard part about this was I, I looked at this from the sense of, a, I mean, try to put myself in his position. And if you're he's just getting it out, he's already back and he's got a he's got a platform and he's got a way to get this out. And like I, I mentioned earlier, who knows what the next album would have sounded like if he couldn't have gotten this all out of the way. It could have, you know, mashed together and would that have ruined the next one or or, right. or taken something away from it? He was able to, you know, he had the the ability to take it all and put it on a record and get it out and, you know, move on. Yeah. For, as far as I can tell, he yeah. met somebody else, got married, had kids. In the end, it's a happy ending, but he didn't know that when he was well, writing I me. I think so. he's still hung up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 I'm, it's a joke. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Did, did I get everybody's scores on this? We ready to move on? Mine was five. Yours was five. Yeah. All right. Next song is Round the Band. else get a nick drake vibe on this one um i don't know I, you know i'll be honest i'm not that familiar with nick drake's music oh okay so I, I don't really like oh well, you I, got maybe some, i would but i just don't know you got some homework to do it's fantastic yeah, um dark brooding uh those strings are just fantastic i love them they're depressing and i like it yeah. um and some of the some of the the lyrics on this again are really great i don't know what they actually mean but they sound cool like the fast faster than a bullet from an empty gun i'm like um said even makes sense but okay cool um i don't know i think i like this way more than wayne because um i gave this a nine but wayne you didn't like this song um, it wasn't, it wasn't my, it was my least favorite. I would say it, it feels like it has a lot of moving parts, but it, it doesn't, but nothing's really happening. Um, like we had said before, you know, I, I, at some points you start to realize, yeah, you're, 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 you're Beck's best friend. And you're like, okay, okay. I get it. She broke your heart. <laughs> at some point you get, you get a little bit numb to it before you get rejuvenated. But I do like how he, once again, he threw some darker images that kind of like we had referenced in an earlier song, bullets daggers you know struggles and then he ends it with something like baby it's your time so i mean there's a lot there's a little bit of a darker darker references in this one 
Man, and there's like this some cool music stuff happening too, where you have, and this happens a lot, I think, several times on this record, um, where m- minor chords become major chords, and it's the same, mm. like, um, and it's just such a cool feeling where you have, I, I like, I feel like that's a, it's sort of a rarer device. It's not that common, um, I- even though it's, I mean, it's certainly something people do, but it's not like it sort of makes up the, I feel like this, this whole album has a really cool musical sense where it's like, yeah. Um, and it has to do with those string arrangements and the chord progression is like, like lonesome tears, uh, is one of my favorites partly because of the chord progression, you know? And so, and it's like, I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of voice leading, but that's like not just the chord progression, but which notes of the chords are playing. And when it changes chords, what does that, note within the previous chord what does it become to the next chord and so like you have like through lines you have a chord progression but the the lines that are weaving through those and making up the chords are really interesting on this stuff and that's the orchestration and so it's like all that stuff's really beautifully done on this album and um and so yeah round the bend's super cool um from a that perspective too yeah yeah this is my nine. Wayne already mm-hmm. said this is his lowest. Uh, Scott, what's your score? This is eight for me. Okay. Next song is Already Dead. said this uh this song kind of sounds like something i've already heard on the record but at least it's the shortest song on the record so i guess we don't really have to belabor (laughs) that point too much such a great guitar part though yeah yeah um so wayne you like this i'm I'm picking on you because you 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 know that previous song was your lowest song and this was one of your higher songs so um what what did you like about already dead Oh, I'm um, about to blow you simpli- off minds. Oh, go ahead, Wayne. Um, <laughs> the simplicity of it. Like I say, he's um, there's not a lot of extra things going on. Some acoustic guitars and him singing. Um, there's even some, there's like a reference that the losing strength in my, in every hand. Like there's a, there's a lot of just once again, great lines in this and it, it fit really well with the whole thing. Like, I mean, I, it feels like I'm watching something die. Ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, if I put that on paper, I'd be like, oh, God, that is so, that's heavy. That doesn't sound like joy. No. Joy. Um, okay, so I'm going to blow your minds. Are you ready? Yes. Let's, can you listen to this quickly? Yes. Listen to that first melody, all right? Okay. 
the first vocal melody. Um, it's like 13 seconds in ish. Uh, okay. Listening. Okay. So that first melody, like time wears away all the pleasures of the day. Uh, it's that blind melon song. Oh, it's no rain. Yeah, he sings like a whole octave higher than that, probably. But uh, uh, but yeah, it's like the same melody. And I was like, I was revisiting these to rank them, and I was like, what does that sound me sound like? Uh, but it's the same melody. For at least, I mean, I'm sure it departs somewhere, but yeah, it's like uh, okay, you you don't sound as impressed as I was hoping. So. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> Scott, Scott, what's your story? Fine, guys, moving right along. <laughs> what's your, um, what's okay. your score on this one? Uh, let's see what I write here. Um, six. And then Wayne? Nine. And this is my nice. four. All right, Sunday all Sun. Sunday Sun. And if you want all over the place, here we go. Sunday Sun. This is my second favorite song on the record. Scott? This was my least favorite song. Yeah. Wow. So, but it's great. That's the problem. Like, that's the problem with the ranking. And the harmony is super cool, too. It's got a, I mean, it's, it's a, I don't know. I don't even know why this is last, honestly. It's okay. more just like probably later in the record. And some of the other songs, like, you know, when you're like, I mean, this lived in my car forever, you know? And so, but you get to the, you, so you end up hearing it all a lot, but it's like, but by the time that CD rolls around, yeah. like, I don't know, just the first tracks in your, like when you rank these albums, do you see this a lot where the last tracks don't get as much love or? Yes. I, I yeah. As, yeah. You've, you, you use some of the bigger scores and you're like, ah, God, got nothing but sixes and eights left. But this is a cool tune. I think the, it's one of the mood breakers for me. And maybe that's why I was kind of like, it is definitely a mood breaker. Yeah. And yeah. And so I think that's where I was like, maybe it's maybe by the time you're listening to it, you're like, thank God they broke the mood. But I think that's why I was, I think that's why I was like, I don't know. Yeah. It's getting optimistic. Finally. <laughs> like I say, this one does even have a little bit of that Beatles feel uh-huh. because you know, this, the sun's going to come out. I mean, it's, it's it's starting to break. And like I say, I, I I put myself in that place of his best friend who's tired of listening to him bitch about this girl that left him. And now I see him starting to come out of it a little bit. So right. I did. And I love songs that reference Sunday. You know, every day is like Sunday, Sunday, bloody Sunday. I could go on. I, I love for that. Reference. No, I don't know. 
I got nothing. Wow. So all I got to do is write a it, song about Sunday and you're in. I, I'm already in. You're yeah. like, you're yeah. there. Yeah. It's his, oh. yeah. day to drink. I think that that's why. <laughs> oh, it's football, if anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, remember how I brought up drink. Nick Drake earlier? Yeah. So there's a Nick Drake song called Saturday Sun. And, and Wayne hates that song. Uh, <laughs> right. Because it's about Saturday. Okay. <laughs> yeah friday saturday sunday those are though you put that in a title and i'm gonna at least give it a listen have yeah. you never have- had like a great wednesday <laughs> notice there aren't no. many wednesday songs <laughs> there aren't many wednesday songs or t- or tuesdays oh, i actually think uh, wednesday, mu- gone, wednesday music I- would be a great album title uh, I don't know what it means, but yeah, it's going to be wide music. open. I mean, I know Wayne is not going to listen to it, but it's <laughs> yeah. not true. I didn't say I wouldn't listen to it. I'm not as likely to listen to it. Uh, right. Right, right, right. That would be like your two. Right, like- right, right. We we're, we're so drag dressing. All right. Um, so Wayne, this was my second highest score. When you said digressing, I thought you said drag your assing. <laughs> and that too. And, and, and that too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> to- to- totally. Um, because I felt like it was, there was that change. I, I like that it kind of broke the, the mood a little bit and was a little bit different song. Um, nice. Yeah. And then Wayne, what was your score? I gave it a 10. I also, like I say, that, that optimism, I guess, uh, surprised me. It was, it was, I was, I was looking for it to get better. And then, uh, like I say, there's a piano in this, or at least some, something making piano sounds. And I love the epic kind of nature that a piano can give something. And I like the ending. I like the, that there's actually some energy. Um, it's, it's scattered. It's a little bit noisy and frenetic, but I, I liked it at the end. I like that. Um, so sorry, I broke your mood, Scott. No, um, you know, I just like to wallow in the sadness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next song. Little one. This was another one that I kept going back to whether I liked it or not. Um, so I do really like the ending with the piano playing all the various with all the various noises around Those it. The chords are so crazy on this. Yeah, I, I did. I did like that part. Um, any lyrics that stand out? Man, I see. It's like I'm revisiting these and it's not fair to rank them because it's more like if you rank them all one to ten, then you could say this is a this is another is, nine. Right. This is a still a seven, even if it's not my favorite or a six. It's like yeah. really cool and interesting. And 
and but I have to rank it low in comparison to these other ones. So, so that said, it's I didn't give it a high ranking only because it again it wasn't the one of the ones that stayed with me as much, but it's still awesome. Um, yeah, you know, all together in a snake pit of souls. Come on, yeah, that one's good. the The last verse of this. The drowned, drowned sailors run aground in a sea change. Nothing is safe. Strange mm. ways push us every way in a stolen boat. We'll float away. It's pretty awesome. I, again, I don't know what the heck it means, but it's, I love the imagery. It's great. Yeah. Wayne, what do you got on this? Uh, this was one I had conflicting feelings about. There were like you had said, there were times I listened to it and I'm thinking, I don't, this should be higher up. It does have a, it felt like, I guess ultimately it felt like there was more, like I was looking for some sort of big, epic, grandiose um, hook and it never, it's like it had one in there, but I it just couldn't get it out. But I like the the lullaby type kind of feel that it had to it. It's like the most jacked like up almost, lullaby you've ever heard. Yeah. And it, but I mean, he's the little baby, I think. I mean, he's he's calming himself and trying to put himself to sleep almost. <laughs> so I I'd had parts of it that I liked and, but ultimately I thought there was more in it and it just, just couldn't get out. Mm. Okay. Uh, this is my six scout. What's, what's your score? This was lower on the score for me. This was three. And then Wayne, I also gave it a three. All right. Cool song though. It's not a three and it's not a three out of 10 song. No, you know, it's cooler no, than it that. Is not. Yeah. It is your seventh favorite song on this record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. We're wrapping this up. This is Side of the Road. Never thought I'd live Till the ugly truth Should be what it is Let it pass on the side of the road Not to be confused with Boys to Men, End of the Road. <laughs> It's the side of the road. Uh, I want a mashup. You better include that. You better not edit that out. No, I'm 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 leaving that in. That's gold. <laughs> That's gold, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like those Beatles engineers, we don't throw nothing away. No, right, right. That that was that was Her Majesty right there. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, is this a good way to close out the record? Because I kind of felt like it. You know, it Thudded a little bit. I I guess um, I had a problem in a with bottle. The, what is ship in a bottle? That's a a track that he made for this, and he didn't release uh, until later. I, I think. think I. Knew. But I thought I thought yeah, I had a problem with the pace. Like it it kind of almost ground to a halt. But I did like the the idea that you're just like I'm just I'm gonna drive right past you like you're standing on the side of the road. Yeah. Like there was some closure. There felt like there was a, like with a couple of the songs towards the end, he's, he's turned the corner and he's, he, he may not be coming out of it yet, but 
like I say, as his as his theoretical best friend, or I can see that he's going to be okay. He's going to get over this. Okay, the yeah. healing is begun. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, to let all I've learned tell me what I know, you know, it's there is a moving on thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, this is collectively our deuce. Uh, three, two, three. You know what's interesting? Yeah. I I don't know if I gave this song enough credit because these lyrics are awesome uh, about the kind of life I never thought I'd live till the ugly truth showed me what it did. That's that's pretty great. Yeah. Like let it pass on the side of the road. What a friend could tell you tell me now. I don't know what that friend line means or needs. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure his friend said, "This bitch is nothing but trouble." <laughs> Thanks, friend. I should have listened. <laughs> I never listen. You know, yeah, that's my problem. You she likes me. that other band, whiskey, whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you probably know the story of this album better than I did. I, I mean, I can you can definitely tell it's heartbroken, but I don't know the story. Um, did you like, Google it? Did you Wikipedia it? Just, oh, yeah. just, just what I read of uh, this was a breakup record. So right. Yeah. I, yeah. And that's like pretty self, <laughs> but I ne- like, I've never like, who was she? Who was it? You know? Oh, I didn't, I didn't go uh, to that. I don't do the TMZ yeah. thing. Lee, yeah, Lee Lamone was her name. Was uh, his long, yeah. It was his long, long time girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. And she, she was having an affair with some guy in another like LA band, whiskey, something. Oh. I don't remember what it was. Oof. Whiskey sour or something. Wow. That's not, not anybody we know, but yeah, we all know. Sour. Yeah. Oh man, I really hope there's a real band named Whiskey Sour. That'd be amazing. <laughs> there has to be. No way there is. <laughs> hey guys, we're dark and stormy. <laughs> um, so you brought up. I, I also included lyrics for "Ship in a Bottle." So that was on the Japanese release. Uh, I've never heard this song, and it's not on Spotify. You can find it on on the YouTube. Yeah, they did well to leave it off. It's not I, not good. Yeah, I, I mean, I won't say it's not good. It's just, it's just okay. I thought he said it didn't fit. He said he was something was like he would, we were running short. Uh, the, the album was going long, and there wasn't enough time for another one, and he didn't think it fit. But I thought, and I guess maybe in a way, it's more of the same because it's it's. I thought it, it fit the mood. Fit. The mood fit. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. it fit in the sense that it's it's a lot like the other songs on here. Yeah. All right, but well, that's not living. That's just time going by. That's I'm just reading these lyrics. I've actually never heard it. Um, but uh, yeah, you've you've got some homework now, Scott. So Nick Drake, yeah, Nick Drake, and the, get hip and the 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 ship in a bottle song. There you go. Message um, in a bottle. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Sending out an SOS. <laughs> uh, all right. So this is where I usually say, "Did we miss anything? Did we cover everything?" Oh, there's no way we didn't miss a thing. I think, I think, I think we got (laughs) it. You know, I think one of the, there's a, like a lot of ways you can enjoy this record, which is a lyric thing, but you know, the themes stay in a zone of like pretty dark thing, but there's a whole, there's a whole like side to it of the musicality, the arrangement. That's so awesome. That's like, like I, you know, you, you hear those chord progressions and like the, and then the orchestration with the strings and stuff. And it's, it's all like, I mean, I think it's stellar. It's, it's the kind of stuff that's like, man, if I would love to write that. Cause it's so cool. 
there's a, definitely a cool factor to this that um, I think it's a production and arrangement thing. Yeah. You know, they, they really did something special. Yeah. They captured it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so our top five based off of scores, any question on what number one is? Lost cause. Lost cause. Two twelves and an eleven. Well, that'll get you an eleven point six six average score. That's a good average score. Yeah. Um, how about for number two? This is where it gets hazy because we were all over the place. Mm. Uh, Golden Age. Sorry, Golden Age is two. Number two. Paper yeah. Tiger. Number three. Not by much. Eight point three three score. Compared to Golden Age at 8.66. Guess I'm doing fine is our fourth. And then Sunday Sun. I mean, you did your best to try and tank I that for us. Your score. Yeah, you tried yeah. You, you tried to tank that, but it still made our top five. So <laughs> cool. I'll, I accept that. All right. That's that that's a good top five. Um nice. All right. What do you guys like? Were you guys so did you listen to this a bunch once I sent it to you? Yep. Or or and and what did, had you heard it before? I'm just curious. I had heard Lost Cause and Paper Tiger. That was that was all I knew. Yeah, I hadn't. Do you did I you like heard. it or was it like was it weird? What the hell is going on, Wayne? Yeah, my neighbor's Carl. I was going off. I had the cough button on for a while and then <laughs> felt like I had to talk. So <laughs> now I hadn't listened to it um, a lot. I I'd heard Lost Cause on the radio. I think back then. But it's funny as it made me because uh, I think Rolling Stone called it the album of the year for 2002, huh. which I sometimes critics just have to be critics. But I did look up some of the other things from 2002 and I was listening to a little bit harder stuff mm-hmm. like the distillers and Queens of the Stone Age and mm. Audio Slave. So, I mean, I was in a different space. But like I say, the thing for revisiting it again, because I listened to it probably six, eight times in the last couple of days. Wow. It's, it's just that he, it's the pain that this guy is going through. It's, that's the, yeah. that's the part that would make it like, I don't know if how much I would listen to this record again. I'm glad I listened to it. I mean, I'm glad that happened, but as far as throwing this in, you know, on the, you know, throwing these tracks into a, into the <laughs> windows media player to, unless I, hopefully there's no sharp, sharp knives around. <laughs> because he he definitely gets the the pain is there. Yeah, I'm not in a good place right now because what I've been listening to <laughs> besides Beck is the new Fiona Apple record. Oh, that's insane! It's, it's amazing. It's so good, but it's so it's cra- I, I honestly I listened to half of it and I'm like I love this, but I'm gonna have to pause and oh and, yeah, and the rest later because it's it's a lot going on. There's a lot, but going it's brilliant. On. Yes, it's. And I'm not, and I don't even consider myself a Fiona Apple, you know, I am. I love her. I love her first record. And then everything else after that has been kind of spotty for me, but this record is, it's nuts. It's crazy. It's great, man. What is it? Evil is a relay sport. Whoa. Whoa. It's just like, yeah, that's, you nailed it. You know, like that's, Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. That's so good. So, so I'm I'm not in a good place right now. So I'm really looking forward to um, some more upbeat songs. Like uh, I've got one. It's by Scott Mulvihill. It's called Joy. It's called yeah. Joy. Exactly. Joy. Well, <laughs> Joy is Joy is what's keeping him afloat right now. Well, the other thing keeping me afloat is knowing that the next record that we're going to talk about is Bruised Orange, and I get to listen to Fish and Whistle a lot. So, <laughs> so nice. all good, all good. Scott, this has been awesome. Yeah, oh, thank yeah, you guys. Fun. Really fun to meet y'all and yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Chat, so. so, so we ask all of our guests, um, and this is how we got introduced to you. So, uh, who do you know that I don't know who should join us on this podcast to revisit one of their favorite records? Oh man, um, you can't say Striking Matches or Liz Longley because <laughs> who would be great? I mean, there's a lot of people. Do uh do you know Chris Allen? Um fantastic singer. I don't think Good, so. great singer and writer. Cool dude. K R I S A L L E N. Okay. Um he might be great. I mean he is great. He would be great. <laughs> but this, he's a, he's a super excellent um musician and writer and everything. But he's just a nice guy. He's really cool. Uh American Idol guy. He, he yes he did win American Idol. Yes, okay, um, I know him. Live and, like live like we're since dying. Since then, yep. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. since then, he has also made a bunch of great music, and he's just you know, it's like yeah, okay, boy, great voice, very it's, good uh, voice. Yeah. Yes, yeah. There was a good run of people right when I was still watching American Idol. In fact, I can hear because my headphones are broken, I can hear my wife is listen, is watching this year's American Idol, and I'm just not feeling it. But um, <laughs> like around that time, David Cook was on there. Uh, Adam Lambert was, was around there. Um, who is the other guy? Um, David Archuleta, uh, who lost to you David, know, I, David Cook. I never. I don't really watch those type of shows, and this Me is neither. not my. Kind yeah, it's of team not my thing. But, but um, well, I don't know. You just said you were watching. Yeah, you just named a ton of people from that show. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. That. Uh, oh, you know what? I'll give you another one. And this person happens to also be my roommate. Just so you know, full disclosure. But okay. he's like the best. He's the best. His name's David Howley. He's in a band called We Banjo Three, um, and they're a fabulous. Irish bluegrassy band. Um, and you had uh, me at Irish. Great. And, and so if you want, if you want a very intelligent, interesting person with a great Irish accent can, um, have Dave on. Perfect. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll chat offline. I'd love to have both of them on. That'd be great. All right. Let's do the outro. Um, so as a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes by going to, records revisited podcast find all of our happenings on all of our socials twitter at podcast records facebook page records revisited podcast wayne man's instagram page you can see all of his crazy t-shirts on on that page uh and of course you can find us on all the major podcast platforms apple podcast Castbox, stitcher iHeartMedia, spotify etc etc scott where can people find you Anywhere do you have digital music? Um, of course, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all that. Um, at my YouTube page, got a lot of videos and stuff like that. And of course, I do even have 
real world physical records and CDs and stuff too. If you're, if you're that kind of person, uh, that'd be on my website, scottmulvahill.com. Perfect. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. This is usually where I say go to a live show, but there's still ways to support your your musicians. Go to a live Facebook event, a YouTube v- event, Instagram, etc. Uh, buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record. Uh, you would say visit a record store. You can still do that online. Please, please do that. Go buy a record. Maybe uh, one done by Scott Mulvihill. We are Records Revisited, and we are... Out.